Hey, Christy. Hey, Edith. The politician said, I declare April as Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Well, his aide said, so what do you think are some good ways to prevent it? The politician said, prevent it? Oh, that's a yeah. good joke. Yes, it is. That's a really Unfortunately, good the good ones ring true, don't they? Yes, they do. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi, Christy over there. Hi, Edith over there. How are you doing? You know, I just was so looking forward to today when I could talk about my garden with my friend in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, and the <laughs> sun was shining all day. Beautiful week. Beautiful day. Absolutely beautiful. Might snow next week, but I don't care. It can snow in April. It you know it whether we care or not it's going to do what it wants so why not embrace it yeah right but totally fine with me it is still National Garden Month Christy could I say something here mm-hmm. so do you know that National Garden Month is shared with fifty four other things that share this month I'm not surprised I looked it up. Can I tell oh, you some of them Yeah I would love okay. to hear them. It's also Alcohol Awareness Month. Good idea. For those of us that are not aware of the wonderfulness of alcohol. <laughs> Hello, alcohol! <laughs> Especially since <laughs> quarantine. There's, it's also Irritable Bowel Syndrome Awareness Month. Oh, yes. Now, see, that's important. It is. We should bring awareness to that. And I'm aware of it now. Uh, get this. It is National Fresh Celery Month. Celery had the whole month of you March. You have got to be kidding me. I am me. not kidding. It's you number know, 27 on the list. Celery must have some amazing lobbyists. I swear to God. Yeah, and fre- I guess last month was old celery, you know, when it gets like rubbery and bendy. I have that in my refrigerator right now. Well, it's not its month, okay? That was last <laughs> month. It's also, get this, National Straw Hat Month. A straw hat gets a whole month. You know... Maybe an afternoon would suffice, but yeah, no. A whole, a month whole month for a straw hat. And for sure, it is also, it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. That's important. That is very important. And that is what we share with Garden Month. Well, can I tell you this, Edith? Please tell me. Is that on the 14th is National Garden Day. Okay. And on the 16th, it's... Orchid Day. Uh huh. <laughs> On the seventeenth, it's National Bat Appreciation Day. Ah, as and in baseball or fly the flying bat. Yes. Okay. Good to clarify that. Thank you. You're and welcome. And on the nineteenth, it's National Garlic Day. Okay. Okay. Very good. So I now mean- we feel up to date on all that. We do, and I'm going to get my celebrations and parties all scheduled. All the out. cards we have to send Car- out. Oh my now. gosh, so much! Oh, I love sending out Garlic Day cards. I do too. 
I do too. Irritable bowel syndrome. Now that's a card that's hard to find. Yes. But I will look or make my own. And a party that's not that fun to go to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> so, hey, let's thank um, our, um, one of our members of our, of our garden party. Oh, I think we should thank one of my sisters. Thank you, Norice M., for being a member of our garden party. That means that Norice is a patron. Uh, she provides a couple bucks a month to support Upside Down Tulips to help us continue to do this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if anybody else wants to support us, if you ever think, you know what, those gals... They're fun. They teach me a thing or two. I sure would love to buy them a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Uh-huh. You can do it in form of being a patron. Just look at the show notes and you can see a link and how you can become a member of our garden party. Yeah. In fact, as it's National Alcohol Awareness Month, yes. maybe they could put some money in and say, you have to drink with this money. And we'd go, okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> if you insist. Don't pay the bills. We'll just drink. Uh, and also, if you remember the garden party, you will get some fun rewards, like yes. having your name mentioned uh -huh. on our podcast. That was fun. Or you can get some fun merchandise. Mm -hmm. Yes. Of which we have a new design of merchandise now. This is cool looking. Very cool. Very macho. Very wonderful. And by macho, I mean for both sexes. I'm not trying to be... You know, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, Edith, I love it when you sort of like go on a track and I'm there and I'm with you. And then, and then, all then of a sudden I lose it. it. I just like, like, oh, I don't know where I'm going now. It was there and it just, it, it's ephemeral, isn't it? It is. And it just goes away. Well, anyway, our new merch is a t-shirt that says, when in doubt, mulch it. So if you like mulch, who doesn't like mulch? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I'm surprised it doesn't have its own month or season. Yeah. You get, know, you can get a mulch it t shirt, mug, tote. You could find that link down below in the show notes. Excellent. So, hey. Edith. Yes. How's your garden going? Christy, you know, um, things are starting to pop up. Not a lot because it's not been really, really warm. Um, but I have been weeding and very, very happily walking around looking at stuff every single day. I have so many cauliflower now in my winter zone. Uh-huh. So many. So I'm excited about that. And also, um, in 2018, researchers from ETH Zurich, which is a public research university, and the University of Hawaii spread 30 dump trucks worth of coffee pulp over a roughly 100 by 130 foot area of degraded land in Costa Rica. The experiment took place on a former coffee farm that underwent rapid deforestation in the 1950s. They spread it, Christy, three foot thick. Another plot of land they left alone, like, you know, as, as how scientists do to, to, to compare. Uh -huh. The results were dramatic. The area treated with a thick layer of coffee, coffee pulp turned into a small forest in only two years, while the control plot remained dominated by non-native pasture grasses. Amazing! In just two years, the area treated with coffee pulp had a 80% canopy cover compared to just 20% of the control area. That's cool. That's like, just how easy is that? You, It's, it's a byproduct anyway. They just dumped it on there. And folks, you can do that at home. 
if yes. you're a coffee drinker, or even tea. Even tea. And you can stop by your local coffee shop. That's right. And a lot of times they'll wrap up the coffee grounds. You can put it in the ground. You can put it on top of the ground. It's good for your soil. I put it in my compost pile. I put it around my roses. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's all my good news. Well, I have quite a few things blooming. Oh, good. What do you have blooming? The daffodils are blooming in my yard. Oh, nice. I just love them. They're the happiest. And I have tulips blooming. Mine are not blooming yet. Oh, good for you. Are they on the south side? Yep, these are the ones on the south side. And they're a beautiful uh, dark pink tulip. They're so beautiful. I just, afterwards, I'll go show them to you. Okay. Okay. Um, after we're done potting. And I have hyacinths that are blooming. Those are the purple ones, right? The little purples? Not necessarily no. purple. Well, grape or pink. Pie. I've seen them pink. Grape yeah. hyacinths. Okay. Grape mm-hmm. hyacinths are the ones that look like the little popsicles. These are just the regular hyacinths, and they come in all sorts of colors. I have purple and pink and coral and white and blue and... Oh, that's nice. That's a beautiful... That's you a have to get down palette. on your hands and knees so you can smell them, but boy, they are... They are absolutely beautiful. See, you can lay face first and you don't need dessert. Don't need dessert. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've also started my annual... Um, my nails are starting to look like crap time of year. Ah, mine too, Christy. My hands are all cracked and stuff. And I've got all these scratches on uh-huh. my arms and my legs. Mm-hmm. Specifically because I'm on a war with quackgrass. Uh-huh. And a big clump of quackgrass likes to clump underneath my climbing roses. So I'm... Oh, that's so hard to get out. In there oh. on my hands and knees trying to pull out this quackgrass and the rose canes are grabbing at me and I'm all tangled up in them and one of them I could just feel it it reached out and it caught just the edge of my eye with this huge half inch thorn and I just froze there for a second thinking how do I get out of this so the the thorn was in your flesh yes uh, just near my Did you eye. think of moving away? Well, I was trying to figure out which way to move. Oh, right. You know, I zig this way. I do this way. There's yeah. more rose canes. I've got my hands full of quack grass. Um, and so what I ended up doing was like slowly backing up and turning my head a little <laughs> bit so the rose cane would release so I could still have my eyeball. Oh, <laughs> You need PPE just to go out into the roses. I do. I also winter sowed, technically I guess it's spring sowing, but I sowed some seeds in more milk jugs. So now I'm up to about 30 milk jugs. For the first time, I winter sowed some different kinds of vegetables. So I winter sowed zucchini, Mm -hmm. summer squash, broccoli, cauliflower, and for the first time, tomatoes. Oh, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I did Mm -hmm. moneymaker which is supposed to have a good-sized tomato, but a a short-growing season. Uh So we'll see what happens with that. And then I winter-sowed some herbs. I winter-sowed tarragon, savory, marjoram. Nice. These are expensive herbs when you buy them. Are these not perennials? No. Not even marjoram? It hasn't been for me. Oh, um, I did. I, time is. Did you not say time? I did not say time. I just made Eden. it up. Okay. You, you were just making that up. I, I said tarragon, I, oh, sorry, savory, sorry. and margarine. That's okay. It's one of those but things. Time. 
Okay. But you, oh, oh, I, I winter sowed zinnias. Oh, good. Oh, gosh, I hope they grow. I've never grown zinnias, and I love them. They're, they're, uh, they're one of my favorite flowers. So pretty. So, so pretty. Uh, and I had a unique story with a pansy. A story with a pansy? Yeah, a pansy story. Okay. I bought a couple six-packs of pansies, and I've been hardening them off for the past couple weeks. And by hardening off, folks, it means that I, we take them from the nice, beautiful, warm nursery where it's so happy, and then I try to get it used to the outside. So I let it out a little bit, bring it in, let it out a little bit, take it in, let it out a little bit, Wouldn't take it Wouldn't it be nice in. if we could do that with newborns? Take yeah. Them out, put them back in. <laughs> put them back in. <laughs> like kangaroos do. Like kangaroos do. So clever. Yeah. Well, one day I left the six pack out overnight and I forgot to bring it back in. Yeah. And? And I brought it and it had kind of fried. And I went, oh, that six pack is gone. Yeah. And you, and what I've done in the past before is I probably would just throw it away or I might have, I don't know. But I just thought, I'm going to see if I can save this. And so I stuck it in a little tub of water and I waited a couple days and gosh darn it, Edith. Really? It came back to life. Okay, Christy. So it wasn't frozen. It just, you just let it dry out. It was, it looked, or it, both. It was, it was floppy and floppy thin. And thin. It looked, it looks, you know how when your lettuce goes bad? Yeah. It looked like that. It looked, you know, when your spinach kind of just kind of goes blah in the refrigerator. Well, you, brought, but you brought it back. Like Lazarus. Very good. Like Easter, oh, the good. Easter pansies. And so I have. I'll put them in the containers out in front, which I always do. I don't know why, but I think it's because when we bought this house, the people that owned it beforehand had pansies out in these pots mm. in the front. And so I just have always done it because I thought it was so beautiful. Nice. Nice. So that's what's happening in my garden. And I do have a musing. Yeah, what's your musing? Well, I learned something very interesting that... Scientists in Singapore are experimenting with plants. And specifically, they've been experimenting with Venus flytraps. Uh-huh. And they have created a way for humans to, quote unquote, communicate with plants via a smartphone. They attach a Venus flytrap to a robotic arm and signal the plant via a phone to close on a wire. So you know how a Venus flytrap has that big mouth, you know uh-huh. what I mean, and it closes yeah. in on a bug? Yeah. They've figured out that a Venus flytrap can close on a wire. The flytrap behaves like a robot, which can be controlled electronically by humans. And this electrode can be considered a plant whisperer, which can sense if a plant is in distress when plants emit abnormal electrical signals, and it can be a living sensor in factories and industrial areas. So like if there's a toxic chemical leak, the plants will sense the trouble and their signals may turn abnormal. And it can it can sense that this electrode. That's what people in Singapore are experimenting with plant robots. Wow. Which kind of freaks me out. Wow. That's really kind of cool, though. I like that. Yeah, until they take over. Well, you know, (laughs) get in line is all I have to say to them. Get in line and welcome to it. Okay, folks. Well, if you ever hear words or terms you're not familiar with or you want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website, and you can just click on the link in our show notes. 
there are all kinds of things on our, um, what do you call it, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, pictures, inspirations, jokes. We have blogs, too, and a YouTube channel. And you can sign up for our newsletter for updates, jokes, funny garden signs, and all that jazz, etc. Very good. Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by Mulch. When you have a challenge in the garden, the best rule of thumb is always, when in doubt, mulch it. Want to control weeds? Mulch it. Want to retain moisture? Mulch it. Want to prevent disease from splashing up on your plants? Mulch it. But did you know mulch might help with so many other conundrums in your life? How should I style my hair? When in doubt, mulch it. Mm. I look great. Oh dear, how can I streamline all this email? When in doubt, mulch it. Yes. What a relief. Now, what should I do with all these love letters from my exes? When in doubt, mulch it. Oh, I feel so much better. I wonder which upside down tulips t-shirt should I put on? What do you think? When in doubt, mulch it? You got it. So whether it's pebbles, pine needles, straw, compost, or wood chips, when in doubt, mulch it. And check out the When in Doubt Mulch It merch at UpsideDownTulips.com. All right, today we're talking about container gardening. Yep, container gardening. And container gardening can be inside or outside, but we're going to focus today on... Outside. Outside. And one of the things I love about this is that as long as you have a little bit of balcony mm-hmm. or a little porch or a little just a step or a stoop, <laughs> I like that word. Stoop, a stoop. Yeah, you can can you can have a little container garden. Yes, absolutely. And what can you put in a container for container gardening? Well, you can do flowers, herbs, vegetables. vegetables. Mm-hmm. You can do anything. So, should we start with flowers? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, in container gardening, they say. A good container for flowers has a thriller, a filler, and a spiller. Okay. A thriller is going to be something tall in the middle. A f- oh, a you're f- talking about making a really beautiful arrangement yes. in the mm-hmm. container. Oh, okay. A spiller will be something that falls over. Mm-hmm. And then a filler is things you put in the middle to fill everything up. Yeah. Most common people do annuals. Yeah. So uh, this is where the... Granddaddy of container gardenings are petunias. They're great fillers. Mm-hmm. Marigolds, begonias, impatience, sedums. For spillers, boy, I love sweet potato vine. That's a beautiful vine. Beautiful green color. Really cheerful green, nice, and very hardy as well. That's so true. Yeah, not at all finicky or anything like that. Sometimes at the end of the season, I actually see a potato in the bottom of the pot. Are you serious? Yeah, and not one I think you want to eat. Okay. But it looks kind of weird. Oh, that's interesting. And you can also put perennials in pots. Mm-hmm. For example, I put geraniums. I do too, and I bring them in in the wintertime. And then I accidentally leave mine in the garage and kill them. 
like I did this year. Let's just say you put them to sleep forever. You don't use the word the kill. We oh, don't I, that I, I killed him. Okay, I'm going to take responsibility for it. You did. I'm you know, take you it. know, the other day you said um, something about mint. You had chocolate and orange mint. Uh huh. Did you put them in containers or did you put them in the ground? In the ground, because you know they they are roamers, man. They yeah. like to. I gave them room to spread. Okay, good. But that's a really good thing if you don't have a lot of land. That's a really good thing to put in a container. To keep them in one place. Absolutely. Are all kinds, yeah. all the mints yeah. can go crazy on you. Other perennials that work great in containers are chrysanthemums. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also lavender. A lot of people put lavender in containers. Oh. Bleeding heart and hydrangeas. Do I dare try it this year, Edith? You yes. Know my- yeah, go ahead. You have to now that you said it. Now you have to. I have to try hydrangeas yeah. in a container since it won't grow in my soil. They say that sometimes perennials will do better in the pot than they will in your soil because it allows gardeners to grow things that won't normally grow in their soil or climate. Because the actual medium that you buy or make yourself yeah. is a potting mix. So it's specifically for that, right? Yeah. It's not too much clay. It's not too much acid. So consider, yeah. and also if you just figure, you know what? I don't mind buying if the perennial dies. I don't mind buying it again this next year. You know what the heck? What's wrong with that? If you want to buy another perennial, if it doesn't make it, you know, if you just want to enjoy it for the summer. So if you would put like lavender in a pot, would you bring it in the house or I would try it. Try it, right? Yeah, see what happens. If you live in a warmer space, you can probably leave it out there all year round. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yeah. Zone seven. Zone seven. That's the best zone. We're and, zone 5B, people. Yeah. Um, you should consider if you're going to put perennials in a pot, you should use a bigger pot mm-hmm. than you would for annuals. And you may have to transplant it every two years. Yeah, and Because the, they need, they have the longer roots. Yeah. So they really need some space mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, herbs, you can grow any kind of herb in a container, don't you yeah. think, Edith? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. I usually do basil. Mm-hmm. And I might even put this tarragon, marjoram, and savory that I just winter sowed. I might put those in a pot, too. You know, you if you get a big enough pot, you could have an herb pot. How beautiful would that be? Wouldn't that be? be great? That'd be beautiful. You should be careful that if you're mixing herbs in the same pot, that you're using plants with similar growing requirements. Yes. So, for example, oregano, thyme, rosemary, basil, they like to dry out between watering. But... Chive, parsley, marjoram, and mint need to have consistent moisture. Yeah. So put those in a container. So do, or you yeah. can water them from underneath. And then they suck up whatever they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't fertilize them, though. Why not? You'll get a lot of bushy herbs, but you'll lose some oh. of the um, oils. Okay. And so it won't be as tasty. Because really, the fertilizer usually already comes in the uh, soil that you That's true, that too. You get, right? Yeah. So you don't need to... Overdo it. Yeah. With mint, with herbs. With herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. What kind of veggies do you like to put in containers? Um, well, you can put, I personally put like usually a cherry tomato in a container. Mm. Um, uh, you can put anything in a container. Isn't that interesting? I never knew that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought only, I thought you could only put tomatoes in, but really... You can put any vegetable, almost any vegetable, as long as you get a, a variety that will say that's smaller. Or you get a container that's mm-hmm. big enough, for True. example. And l- let me read a, 
some of these. I'm going to read them all because we're going to put this on our website. Uh huh. But for example, say you want snap beans, right? You want to put them in a container, mm -hmm. a five gallon window box. Oh, great. Yep. And then uh, we're also going to write the varieties that you can grow well in there. Broccoli, a five-gallon pot. Eggplant, five-gallon pot. Um, peppers, you just need a two-gallon pot. Or you can do five plants in a 15-gallon tub. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you, you can do, wouldn't that be pretty? Yeah. All different kind of peppers in one big, yes. in one big tub. Yeah. So you can do, plus, if you go to your seed catalogs, they have now bread for containers, mm -hmm. like Tom Thumb lettuce, which come, it only grows to be a side salad size. Oh, perfect. Like the half, uh, half of, half carrot, the Chantenay or the Danvers half long. Uh-huh. Because carrots are finicky, as we know. So since they're such long roots and you're putting them in a container, get a half size. And there's, there's a lot of, almost every single... Every single vegetable almost has now have a container variety. The only thing I think that would be tricky to do in a container would be large melons or pumpkins or squash. I think that might be, yeah. I think that pumpkins, for example, how gigantic they get, I think mm -hmm. that might be almost impossible. You'd have to have like a swimming pool. Yeah. Fill up your swimming pool <laughs> with, you know. Right. Or corn might be hard. I think that you're right. I think corn would be really hard because it gets so tall. It would just topple over. But really, anything else, just try to get a variety that will work well in, in small spaces. It'll say, works well in small spaces or works well yep. in containers. Look for that language. And just like you said with herbs and flowers, group plants with similar needs for sun and water. So you could mm -hmm. put pole beans, radishes, and lettuce together. You could put cucumber, bush beans, and beets together. Tomato goes with basil and onions. And don't forget, if you get a nice size pot, you can stake your vegetables as well. You could stake the beans to go up, and then you could put something around the outside. Oh, love it. Isn't that nice? Just just like your idea with the flowers, kind of, you know? If you had a little balcony and your patio, yeah. think how great that would be. Oh, that would be wonderful. Mm, yes. Yes, it would. Hey, the old woman here, no longer living in a shoe, still married to Jack Spratt and keeping my garden alive. I am very proud of my garden. I thought to myself, I have grown vegetables, fruits, and herbs. I feed them to my kids and they have calmed down, way down. I'm even thinking about maybe eating a vegetable. Then I thought to myself, I'm like super old woman. I can do anything. I'm gonna quit smoking. Cause you know what I noticed lately? I'd light up and people would look at me in a disgusted sort of way. Say it was stinky. Very disrespectful. I mean, if I had a heroin addiction, at least I'd get some sympathy. Quitting smoking makes you chippy. I'll tell you that. My neighbor, Mary Mary Quiet-Kintori, comes over and she says, What'd you do with your kids? I haven't heard any high-pitched screaming about sauce or heavy objects falling in your house for weeks. So I says, all proud-like, they're eating the food I'm growing right here in the garden. It seems to have calmed them down. And Mary Mary, because she's always contrary, 
Maybe because everyone always says her name twice. Same name twice, Mary, Mary. I don't even have a name. Do you hear me complaining? Anyway, Mary Mary says, all smug, fruits, vegetables. Where are the silver bells and cockle shells? Where are the pretty maids all in a row? <laughs> well, I'm already feeling extremely salty because I haven't had a smoke in two days and I really want one. So I says, you're suggesting I grow pretty maids all in a row? Are you crazy? Do you not know about the birds and the bees? You don't grow babies in a row. They come from under a cabbage leaf. Her mind blown. Me? <sighs> I pick a green bean and pretend to smoke it like a cigarette. See, I don't need pity. If I can live in a shoe for years with I don't even know how many kids, I can do anything. <sighs> you know, this green bean is kind of delicious. Oh, man, I don't even know who I am anymore. Now we're going to talk about the types of containers that you can use for your container garden. So, for example, you can use terracotta. Yes, that's can, what I use. Yeah. You can use plastic. Yep. You can use grow bags. You can use, you know what, there's so many things that you can use. Metal, Plus, wood. Yeah. Barrels, half a barrel. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the advantages to one over the other. Now, the mm -hmm. two most common, I think, are terracotta and plastic. Yes. So what are the advantages, disadvantages of both? I like the look of terracotta. I think it's nice to have all the pots look the same. Mm -hmm. They're not that expensive. Mm -hmm. So if you break them, it's no big deal. They do uh, definitely lose, they don't maintain the moisture. That's right. Because it leaks right as through. well as the plastic. Mm -hmm. So here's a recommendation what you can do. You can either leave it in the pot you bought it in or and put it inside a terracotta and a bigger one. And then around the edge between the two pots... Put shredded newspaper. Oh, that's a great idea. And then you can, when you water, you can wet that too. That's a great point. Because you know how hot it gets. Yeah. I don't know where you are, folks, but where we get, it gets boiling hot in the summer. And what's nice about plastic is that it is less expensive, but it'll break down. It breaks down and it's lighter. It, it's lighter, it's nicer. It does, have, it does have advantages and disadvantages. The disadvantage is that it looks like plastic. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is kind of, yeah. And then the more expensive choices are like stone, you know, all those yeah. beautiful, but they're so heavy. What about hanging baskets? They're beautiful. Do you ever use a hanging basket? Uh, yes, I love them. They are absolutely beautiful. Do you fill yours with the coconut? You know what? That's interesting that you say that. No, I don't. And where do you get that? Oh, I think you could just get that at any garden center. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. And that's what you use for soil? Uh, I use that as the liner, and as then the you liner. add soil in it. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, hanging baskets, you can also put herbs, cherry, tomatoes, strawberries in them. That's so know? true. Yeah, not just uh, not flowers. Not just flowers. There's a, what about you can use window boxes? I heard somebody also using the old-fashioned metal garbage cans. Why and not? And planting trees in them. Oh, wow, why not? Because they, they will age and have a nice patina, and they're like $25 at a hardware store. Hey, speaking of patina, you know how some people like the terracotta to look aged? Uh-huh. 
Do you know how to do that? I read to how to do that. Is this with milk and yogurt? Yes. It said yo- put put yogurt on it. Paint it with yogurt. Let it sit for a month in the shade, and it will encourage moss and beautiful stuff to grow on it. That's so clever. That is so clever, isn't it? I've heard people who have taken shoe racks, cloth shoe racks. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. And then poke holes in it and then plant things in it and hang it on a wall outside. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, every single thing has got to have the holes in it for drainage. Anybody who tells you that it's just enough to put some gravel in the bottom for outside, uh -uh. it's not not enough. No, 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 no. It needs holes in the bottom to drain through because otherwise you will drown the roots of your beautiful little plants. Now here's the uh, here's another thing, and this I don't know how new this is, but they're called grow bags. Yeah, and the thing about grow bags is uh, they do what is called air pruning. So you know how when you plant in a pot and the roots start circling around, uh huh. They what they do in the air in the bags these grow bags is they air prune. In other words, when the root hits the side and the air hits it, uh huh. It kind of gets fried and it stops It stops the oh. root growth and the growth goes into the plant itself. That's amazing. That's one of the big advantages to that. The other advantage is if you are a renter and have to move stuff, at the end of the season you wash it and it's a cloth bag. It's made out of cloth. Is it like a jute? Is it, it? It's all different kinds. People use Walmart bags. Get out. Yes, that's what I saw this whole thing on it. The ones that you can buy, this guy's name is Kevin Esperito, and mm-hmm. I looked at his uh, YouTube channel. His are made sometimes with the landscaping material, like really good stuff. Okay. But you don't have to have that. You can use the grocery the re, the um the grocery bags that we take, the cloth bags. Yes. You can you can use those. Oh, I understand. Not just not the plastic bags that you get at Walmart, no, 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 but no. the but the ones the yes. recycled, the ones you used when you bring your own bag. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Sorry. Oh, that's yes. cool. Isn't that cool? Uh, want to talk about soil because the soil considerations are important for container gardening. Yes. Uh, you don't want to use your garden soil because it will have weeds and it'll be heavier, much too heavy. You want something much. light. Yeah. So this there's a couple options you have. Of course, one option is just to go to your local store mm-hmm. and buy some potting soil. Uh-huh. Or you can make your own, right, Edith? Yeah, you can because if you only container garden, then um, what happens is it can get really expensive. I mean, you can, you know, garden soil, just buying garden soil. Yeah. It can get... Who so would have here, thought that soil would be so expensive? So expensive. And part of the reason is the sphagnum moss, mm-hmm. you know, which is becoming a limited resource. Well, you can make your own potting soil, and it's much, much cheaper. Here is your recipe. You take one part peat moss. There really is no, that's all I know, one mm-hmm. part peat moss, one part topsoil or garden soil, and one part steer manure. Okay. Okay, that's what this recipe said, steer manure. I personally don't know what would be wrong with sheep or chicken, but they said steer manure. So you can get like a tarp on the ground, wet the peat moss because it's so light and it will fly away. And you just simply like you're making bread. You just kind of knead it all together. That sounds fun. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) It does sound fun. And when it's done, you can add a couple handfuls of compost if you had it. If you have it, you can put in some 555 fertilizer. 
not anything higher than that. 555 means 5% nitrogen, 5% phosphorus, 5% potassium. And this is that slow release kind? And yes, slow okay. release kind. And you can make your own. I mean, it it'll save you so much money if you are a major container gardener, which um, like those grow bags, mm-hmm. they can come in a hundred gallon. Oh so it's my like goodness. a raised bed. It is you, like a raised that, bed. Yes, <laughs> that you can take with you wow. if your landlord won't let you have a raised bed. Wow. And that's how you make your soil. What about watering? What special considerations do people need to have when they how they water differently for a container garden than they would if they have their their a raised bed or if they're gardening in the earth? Don't you think they need to be watered a lot more? Yes, and checked on a lot. Yes, right. Now I've used some of that soil moist before. Have you ever used that? No. So this is that little hydro gel that you can get, and they're clear crystals that are about the size of a grain of salt and you can work it into your potty mix and they absorb and hold up like three to 600 times their weight in oh, water. Oh, okay. And I've heard some mixed things about it though. Uh, some folks say that the amount of water retention you're going to get doesn't make that big a difference. And some folks say, well, it can help rescue plants if you should have been out there every day and you miss a day. But sometimes for container gardening, you have to be out there every day to water things. You know what else you can do, though? You know how terracotta wicks moisture away? Uh Uh-huh. Before you put them in there, soak the terracotta completely underwater for for a day. A day? For 24 hours. Soak them. That's a great idea. Isn't that a great idea? I've done done maybe half hour. (laughs) Yeah. Well. A day. Yeah, a day. That's wonderful. Yeah. But what's also nice too is that if you know if you if they're not too heavy, you can also move things around too if things get too hot. But keep an eye on it. I've also yes. heard ice cubes are really great. Oh. Especially for hanging plants. If you put if you have to go up and you just throw like six or so ice cubes, they'll slowly melt. Nice. And if you have a big pot, why not mulch it a little bit? Exactly. Right? When in doubt, mulch it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think people uh, um, underestimate how much water they need, and mm-hmm. they will, can also underestimate how much sun they need, too. Yes. When you think about location, mold, a lot of things are going to need six hours of sun. Yeah, which is, six hours is the minimum, if they say full sun, six mm-hmm. hours is your minimum. Yes. And in a little pot, remember, it gets really hot. Like, some people have black pots. Remember, that's even going to be hotter. That's such a great point. If you have a metal pot... So hot. That's going to be hotter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and group things together so that sun dwellers are together and shade dwellers are together. So check your labels to make sure that they could be in the right area. Good. Good, Christy. Uh, don't, and don't forget to feed. You already mentioned feeding a little bit. And you can do the slow-release feeders or you could do a liquid fertilizer. That's usually what I do. Uh-huh. Uh, plants that are in pots need a lot of they eat. They're hungry because a lot of it will leak through. And if you are worried about blossom end rot on your tomatoes and you're in a container, it's probably because they're hungry. Aha. Uh-huh. Also, don't forget, this is this is helpful. If you have them in a container, put them on a brick or something. Let the air get underneath them. Great point. So, so that, you know, well, that's just good for them. Yes. They don't get as hot and crampy. What about when you go on vacation? I, I, you can't, you can never know. (laughs) No, I can't because people, people know how to do these things with, I don't know, with straws and tubes and stuff. And I don't. So I get a neighbor to do it. 
help me yeah. out. Get a neighbor. That's a perfect job for a high school kid. And it is that too. Isn't That's it? Right. Junior yes. high kid. I've seen this thing too where you can, next to your container plants, if you take a long thing of t- paper towels yeah. and twist it as tight as you can. These are actual paper towels. You're twisting, uh, yeah, you're twist twisting. It and a long piece. And so that it's a big wick. And then you lay it one end on your container and the other end goes into a pot of water. That's what I meant about the tubing. Yes. Just paper towels. Oh, yeah. Okay. I could do that. And put that in there. And so that can help also. Also, when you go on vacation, it's a great time to prune your annuals. So if you've got pansies, petunias, or things that trail and you're going to be gone for a week, it's a great time to cut them back. So that they'll get a second flush of flowers and oh, that's good. they won't get all leggy. That's good, Christy. Did we contain it all, Edith? I think we did. <laughs> I was talking as fast as I could. <laughs> this topic has been contained. Thank you, Christy. Edith. Yes. You're sitting there. I am. You're excited. I am so excited. Because you know what time it is. It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Yes. This is a letter from our friend Chris in Denver. He writes, I'm writing to ask you a gardening question, which is good. I bet he's off to a good start. Yes, rather than a relationship question, which (laughs) we we would have difficulties with. What do you think about galvanized raised garden beds? Also, if I were to build one out of galvanized tin, of which I have a large sheet I found in the alley... Would the unfinished surface be detrimental to the plants? Isn't that a great question? That's a great question. And I so love that he found it in the alley. Alley (laughs) finds are the best. (laughs) That is great. Well, galvanized metal beds are becoming more popular all over the place. And I think it's because they're very durable. Uh They're sturdy. They're resistant to damage. And they can't rot like wood. They last forever. Right, right. They also look great because they evoke this sort of ranching or industrial vibe. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And um, they get a nice patina as the years go on. Uh-huh. Um, so they're really popular. And the short answer to his question about is it detrimental to the soil, the answer is that they are absolutely safe for gardening use. Are there any disadvantages? Anything you should look you out know, for? There, it can leak some small amounts of zinc. However, zinc is essential to plants and people. I take zinc once in a while. Yeah, Yeah. it's in our vitamins. Maybe I should just go lick a galvanized tin. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I take it I take it I I take it in a pill form in my multivitamin. Uh Uh-huh. But it does it's a it's a micronutrient in a normal part of soil. So it's totally fine. It's not harmful to plants, and you can grow things in it. A couple considerations, though, if you are using raised beds out of galvanized steel, is that the deeper they are, the more fill material you will need. Okay. Isn't that true for any raised bed, though? Yeah, but some of those galvanized ones can get pretty... Oh, okay. Pretty, like okay. a couple feet deep. So just be aware of that. Okay. And, you know, it, it, because they will conduct heat. So you might be concerned that it's too hot. The nice thing about it is that um, you'll be able to start planting a lot sooner. That's right. It'll warm things up. You just have to water consistently. And if 
The other nice thing is if it gets, if we have a really bad hot spell, can't you just put them in shade? Yeah. You can just put supports up and yeah. then put those shade things over. Any exactly. kind of shade thing. Many, many lawn chairs. <laughs> yeah. That would look funny. <laughs> you could make your own like he wants to from his alley find. Yeah. Um, you may want to uh, just make sure that it's a good grade of galvanized steel. And sometimes you, if you're making them, they may require some wood as well. And wood has a shorter lifespan than zinc coated steel does. So you may eventually need to replace some of the wood parts and then also be careful of sharp edges. Yeah. So you want to prevent potential injury. You may need to create a topper over the bare edges, so if you're going oh, over yeah, there, you're that's not cutting good. yourself that's on your good. arms. Yeah, like like Christy and the thorns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Safety yeah. first is what we recommend. There you go. Well, folks, we would love for you to send us your gardening questions, your successes, your flops. Also, you know, I love it when you find things in your garden. Mysterious treasures, coins. We love hearing from you. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com or check out our show notes. And now it's time for our inspiration of the week. This comes from Walt Whitman. I believe a leaf of grass is no less than the journey work of the stars. That is a perfect sentence. That is, oh my gosh, that's a perfect sentence. Beautiful. Thank you, Walt Whitman. Yeah. And thanks, everybody, for listening with us today. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. And if you want some laughs and got some value out of this episode, could you do us a favor? Go to your phone, click on that share button, and share the show on share the show on social or with a friend who might also appreciate it. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. You want to hear more of Denise's music? Go to denisegentilini.com or find the link on our website. And a very special thanks to the one, the only, Billy Billy McBride. McBride. (laughs) Join us next week for our tips and tricks on all things fruit. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside Down. And you're right, Edith. It is hard to say share button and share the show on social. It is hard to say. It's like she sells seashells by the seashore. (laughs) Oh.